Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Meriwether and Tharp, your source for Georgia divorce. Find them online at theatlantadivorceteam.com. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. So my goal on today's show is to try to do two things. And as I say frequently, and I think all of you would probably agree, in life, sometimes more than one thing can be true at the same time. And in the case of what George is dealing with right now, I believe there is more than one thing going on at the same time. Two things true at once. On the one hand, the injury that George Pickens has now suffered that's going to cause him to be out for the foreseeable future for Georgia is obviously just devastating, devastating news. I went on air yesterday to kind of react to all of this. My feeling on this, very similar to all of yours, it just stinks, right? It's just, you know, it's just not good news. And so today on the show, we are going to be forced to acknowledge the reality of that, the truth of the situation that, yeah, right now Georgia is dealing with just something that is just disappointing to be talking about. And it does feel like for many Georgia fans, we've been here too much and you don't really know what to do about that. As I've said a million times, bad luck is just kind of part of the discussion sometimes. When you talk about college football and for many Georgia fans, it sort of feels like if it wasn't for bad luck, Georgia would have no luck at all. So on the one hand, we are going to deal with that part of it. But on the other hand, too, and this is the other thing that's also true, while the Pickens news is devastating and incredibly disappointing, it does not have to be the end for Georgia when it comes to its national championship hopes for this upcoming season. We want to try to give some hope on today's show, some optimism on the show, without kind of coming across as sort of Pollyanna-ish. And, you know, Pollyanna to me is jumping too quickly into the, well, the next man up, blah, 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 blah. You know, you don't want to you don't want to kind of sugarcoat it and make it sound like it's easier than it's going to be. You don't want to do that. But at the same time, you don't want to act like, you know, one injury, you're even to one as prominent a player as George Pickens and obviously someone that I'm, you know, personally a huge fan of. On the other end of the spectrum, you don't want to make this one injury to be the kind of thing that could derail all of Georgia's hopes for the season. It is one of those situations where it's somewhat complicated. Two ideas kind of intertwine with each other. Georgia losing Pickens no doubt makes things harder. And many of you are, of course, aware of the news. And if not, you know, catch up with that at DogNation.com that Pickens has injured his ACL and kind of you know out here for a while. And the absence of Pickens, at least for the foreseeable future, no doubt makes things harder for uh, Georgia, but it doesn't have to end Georgia's championship hopes. We're going to try to deal with both those things on the show here today. Now, with that said, let me kind of give you a little bit of the hopeful stuff that's out there. And I thought this was a very interesting conversation yesterday afternoon on SEC Country Live. And by the way, quick aside here for a moment, thank you so much, all of you who have sent kind words to us about the return of this show. We're doing it every week, once a week now on Wednesdays, 3 p.m. on the SEC Country video channels, SEC Country Live on Facebook. Uh, I should say SEC Country on Facebook, SEC Country Live on YouTube. It was really fun to be back doing that again yesterday. So many of you have said so many kind things about that, and I really appreciate that. And one of the guys that we had on the show yesterday uh, as a guest was the former Tennessee wide receiver Jason Swain. Jason uh, also doing some media stuff up there in Knoxville, and given the fact that he knows the position, knows the SEC, I asked him for his thoughts about what happens for George Pickens now that he's injured and, you know, kind of what the prognosis is for kind of Pickens getting back and playing again. And Swain said two things that I thought were really interesting. I want to highlight both of these. First of all, no one would say that an injury is a good thing for someone like George, but I thought that Jason, who knows this position having played in the SEC, had an interesting take on this, that while the injury itself is undeniably a bad thing, 
It doesn't mean that that good things can't happen while you were in the midst of recovering from this bad thing, that another element of George Pickens' repertoire as a player could kind of come into more full form during all this time. I think this is really interesting, and it's not obviously a small consolation in comparison to him being on the field and dominating the way that he's capable of doing, but it's not nothing either this interesting from Jason Swain. Take a listen to it. Pickens is one of my favorite receivers in the country to watch. How he played the game, he was a, a man amongst boys. And, you know, he had the attitude and uh, I guess the the skill set that was very very fun to watch. When you hurt, you get a chance to kind of see the game from a different angle. Now maybe he can maybe develop into a leader. You know, give some of the younger receivers some advice. When you get hurt, man, you just kind of see the game differently. And I know he'll be able to do that sitting back and kind of watching tape and and seeing things from a kind of a 50,000-foot perspective uh, versus being up close and personal when he was playing. I do think that's really interesting from Jason Swain there that the uh, moment now for Pickens is to provide some off-field value for Georgia, at least for the foreseeable future. You know, he's been in the battles in the SEC, and he can impart some of that wisdom on younger receivers who are now going to be forced to step up and take on an even larger role throughout all of this. And beyond that, as Jason Swain kind of alludes to here, it's also a chance for him to learn some things there as well, because in addition to obviously being selfish and wanting George Pickens to be an impact player for Georgia, Pickens' football life is going to extend beyond just what happens on the football field for the Dogs in 2021. He's going to potentially play this game for a long time at the NFL level, and he has a chance now forced to watch and forced to kind of work on the sidelines to maybe learn some things about football that he would have not have as much of a chance to learn if he wasn't forced to slow down and kind of take a breath during this injury recovery. As I said before, it's a small consolation in comparison to what you wanted to see from George Pickens on the field, but it's also potentially not nothing in terms of what he could provide for Georgia in terms of a leadership uh, situation and what he can learn about himself, a student of the game now on the sidelines there for a little bit. However, though, Jason Swain, the former Tennessee receiver, was not done on SEC Country Live yesterday because if you really want to, just for a moment, if you really want to take the most, like, pie-in-the-sky appraisal of the situation, the absolute most optimistic, most hopeful view of what might go down with George Pickens and his potential chance for recovering and getting back out there and playing again, Something else that Jason Swain said yesterday at least leaves the door ajar for that to maybe be a possibility. This is actually really interesting, Jason Swain. Here he is once again. He'll be fine. ACL, you know, injuries, man. They like sprained ankles these days. You know, guys mm-hmm. are able to bounce back. Uh, Amari Rogers was able to kind of defy the odds and, and come back and, and play and have a great season there at Clemson. So I look forward to seeing George Pickens do that. So let me tell you something I think it's really amazing. Uh, Jason Swain there mentions Amari Rogers, the Clemson wide receiver, who in 2019 tore his ACL, believe it or not, on this very day, March 25th of 2019, and then was able to come back and play for the Tigers by week two that season. Now, that's an amazing accelerated pace for an ACL injury recovery. I am not a doctor. I won't pretend to know what made Roger's situation able to do that in a way that a lot of people aren't, and I won't even pretend to suggest that Pickens' situation is in any way similar to that because the frank fact of the matter is I just don't know. It's, it's, the, it's the kind of medical thing that I don't know. But if you do, as I said before, want to leave the door open for like the most hopeful stuff possible, you know, I thought that the Georgia – you know, release yesterday. And if you can go to dognation.com, you can read the, like the full text of all of that. 
What Georgia said yesterday was very careful, carefully worded. For instance, there was nowhere in that statement where it was said, Pickens will now miss the uh, 2021 season. That didn't, that wasn't said. Now, it's not said because they don't know, obviously, and it doesn't mean that he will come back and play this season. But certainly they didn't say anything to eliminate that possibility in the message yesterday. Kirby Smart also kind of describing the nature of the MRI that suggests that it's you know not as severe as it otherwise could have been. And all of that, I think, does tie into a little bit of what Jason Swain says there of, you know, we do see examples of ACL injury recoveries taking place quicker than they used to. And we even see an example right here in the, you know, kind of the college football hotbed of the deep south someone at Clemson a couple of years ago coming back and playing much sooner than anybody probably thought he was able to he was kind of running sprints by July after tearing his ACL in March and then playing by the time they got to Texas A&M week two there that season will George Pickens be able to travel the same path honestly we wouldn't know that yet because we don't know enough about his medical situation. But there is at least some hope and some optimism out there. From the words of a former SEC wide receiver who loves his Vols, that's who Jason Swain played for, he'd love nothing more than for Tennessee to be good and Georgia to be bad. But he says, I love George Pickens there as well. I love watching him play. And it's amazing how much of a sentiment you see about that from folks all around the SEC. This was obviously bad news for Georgia when it went down yesterday, but for SEC fans in particular, this is a playmaker that's taken off the field here for at least a a little while but as Kirby Smart alluded to in that statement that he gave when Georgia made the official announcement knowing how hard George Pickens works the game of football how hard he practices every single day my guess is he'll work just as hard to get back playing again soon and who knows maybe we'll see him in a Georgia uniform at some point in time doing that same thing there as well my name is Brandon Adams and this is Dog Nation Daily the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans presented today by Meriwether and Tharp and Glad to have you with us, no matter how you get to us, all the video platforms, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, radio, on Athens Sports Radio 960, The Ref, podcast, wherever you find them, including the worldfamousdognation.com, the Apple Player, Google Player, Spotify, many of you listen right there through SoundCloud. We just really appreciate you being here and getting this podcast however you can. Obviously, quick shout out to our friends at the Lady Dogs who uh, dropped a game yesterday to Oregon. Their season comes to an end. But what a great run it was for the Lady Dogs there in the uh, season that was, earning a three seed, a uh, tough battle there with Oregon. We wish the Lady Dogs well as they move into the offseason phase here. And thank you so much for a really fun season all year long. Shout out to Coach Joni Taylor and the Lady Dogs for a great run here in 2021. Also, a shout out to our friends at Meriwether and Tharp for making this show possible. Your source for Georgia divorce, you can find them online at the AtlantaDivorceTeam.com. And listen, the divorce process is scary and confusing. We all understand that. But for some of you, though, it's the kind of thing that you feel like you have to do, you need to do. And for many of you, that means really, I guess, working your way up to take that next step on that. And Meriwether and Tharp is that next step because they can make the process less scary. They can make the process less confusing. They know all about this because they've been through situations thousands of times. Of course, your situation is specific to the facts with your uh, you know, scenario, but they want to learn about that. They want to know about that, and they want to give you expert advice they've earned through many, many years of doing all of this. So they're your source for Georgia Divorce. So find them online at the AtlantaDivorceTeam.com. That's the AtlantaDivorceTeam.com. Matt is our friends at Meriwether and Tharp. And by the way, on a lot of occasions in our Facebook comments section, you also see Bob and the, the team over there at Meriwether and Tharp kind of joining in on the Georgia football conversation. Another reason why it's fun to do business with them because they do love UGA. Just great to hang out with and certainly very sympathetic to your situation during challenging times, and that's what Meriwether and Tharp can do online at the AtlantaDivorceTeam.com, and it's great to have them on the show with us here today. 
We're going to get Terrence Edwards on this in a moment. Terrence will talk about the other Georgia wide receivers and who has the chance now to step up, who needs to step up with uh, picking sidelined at least for a while here. We don't know quite how long he's going to be sidelined as of yet, but it's clearly a, a bigger opportunity now for other receivers in the Georgia roster. Terrence Edwards will tell us more about that coming up in a moment. Let me do two things before we get to that, though, as a part of Around the Doghouse here today. We like to do Around the Doghouse here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Meriwether and Tharp, to keep you up to date on everything going on with UGA today. Day. unfortunately one of those days where the conversation is not as good as you want it to be but as I alluded to a moment ago still a chance for a little bit of hope throughout all of this first of all though let me acknowledge something that you're very well aware of that the Pickens news there's just seemingly been too much of this around the Georgia program and I would certainly agree with you on that I think we're all you know very well aware of that you know just to give you kind of a statistical piece of an uh, example of that you know, I, when you look at what Georgia has done, all the elite recruiting, all the the deep position groups, and you can think about offensive line and outside linebacker and defensive back and now defensive line, all the places where Georgia has just been loaded. And I think a lot of us looked at the situation and said, now, if you really want to be as good as the very best teams in the country, you also have to get that deep at wide receiver as well. That's a place where you got to be great if you want to have great success. And lo and behold, over the course of the last couple of recruiting cycles, Georgia has gone out there and done that at an even higher level. Four top 10 receivers signed over the classes of 2019 and 2020. Think about those four guys that were top 10 receivers in the country that Georgia signed over those two cycles, which was exactly what Georgia needed to do. But from the 2019 class, it was George Pickens and Dominic Blaylock. Number four, number five nationally when it comes to the receiver position, Pickens is now injured. Dominic Blaylock has been injured twice since coming to Georgia. That is just rotten luck. Class of 2020, two more top 10 receivers that got signed by Georgia. Arian Smith and Marcus Rosemey Jackson. Arian Smith missed a lot of his first season on campus in 2020 because of an injury. He's healthy now, thankfully. But Marcus Rosemey Jackson, another top 10 receiver, another big time prospect, and another guy forced to go through an arduous injury recovery after what happened for him in the Florida game there last season. So I don't want to wallow in this too much, but for those Georgia fans who are wondering, have we just had more than our fair share of this? Yeah, at, at the receiver position in particular, you certainly see examples of that, and that's before you get into even kind of years before predating Kirby Smart, where star players and knee injuries is just something that Georgia has had to deal with. It is just kind of an unfortunate thing. However, however, to kind of spin this back to the more positive side for a moment, the more hopeful side for a moment, I did want to look at what Georgia's chances are if George Pickens doesn't play at all in this upcoming season, at least to consider that as a possibility. Pickens being a former five-star. And the question I sought out to answer was, what role have former five-star recruits played in the most dominant offenses in college football in recent seasons? How important is having a former five-star receiver to having an offense that's really, really explosive? Now, this is what I tried, decided to just kind of zero in on, and you tell me if this makes sense. I went back to 2019, which was the last full season that we had in college football. In other words, I ignored 2020 because different teams played different number of games and different levels of schedules. I said, let me just look at 2019 because that's a little bit more of a consistent comparison across the board. And here are the teams that I looked at. LSU, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and Oklahoma. Now, why did I look at those five teams? Because those were the five highest-scoring Power 5 teams in the country for 2019, the only Power 5 teams to average more than 40 points per game that season, and actually all five of those teams averaged 
42 points or more per game in the 2019 season. We're talking about high-powered offenses, all from the last full season we had in college football. Now, what I was curious to find out is, okay, and I, I thought I had an idea of this, but I wanted to like really look at the numbers to kind of see if it kind of backed up what I said. And so what I wanted to try to find out was, how important have former five-star recruits been to these 40-plus point-per-game Power 5 offenses? Now, on the one hand, LSU did have a former five-star wide receiver in its top three receiving core when it won the national championship in 2019. Bama had a former five-star among its top three receivers there as well. And Clemson had a former five-star receiver among its top five receivers there that season. So, on the one hand, you say, well, clearly these teams have utilized a former five-star on their way to scoring as many points as they scored, LSU, Bama, and Clemson. However, here's where things get a little interesting. While all three of those programs did have a former five-star among their top three receivers, other than Clemson, none of those teams had a former five-star as their leading receiver there that season. Uh, Jerry Judy was the former five-star at Alabama, but not the leading receiver in 2019. Uh, Terrace Marshall was the former five-star at LSU, but only the number three receiver for the Tigers there that season. T. Higgins, the former five-star, was the leading receiver for Clemson in 2019. But the other two teams that I mentioned, Ohio State, Oklahoma, they didn't have any former five-star re uh, recruits among their top three receivers. And uh, – the, the highest-performing five-star for Oklahoma was Jaden Hazelwood, who came in as their fifth overall receiver. They had a former walk-on who had uh, better numbers than that. And uh, Ohio State had a former three-star recruit that was a big season for them on the way to the big numbers that they put up. So that's a lot of information to digest. What do you take from all of that? Clearly, former five-star receivers are at least part of the formula for the elite offenses in recent college football, but not the sole way in which you get there. In fact, you see all kinds of recruits from all kinds of backgrounds who go on to have big seasons. What seems to matter more than anything else, in other words, is the kind of offense they play in, the quality of the quarterback play, the quality of the offensive scheme put together by the offensive coordinator. And if those things were as strong as they need to be, then even receivers who are not former five-stars, the way that George Pickens was, have a chance to thrive in this era of college football. I'm not going to tell you it's going to be easy for Georgia to replace George Pickens. But, assuming he doesn't play this season, when you look at what other high-powered offenses have done in recent years in college football, it is not a prerequisite that you have to have a former five-star among your highest-performing receivers. There are clear examples in the recent history of college football where that simply wasn't true. That is Around the Doghouse here today on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Meriwether and Tharp. And, of course, for the best and deepest level of Dog Nation UGA coverage, one of the best ways for you to do that is by becoming a subscriber to Dog Nation on YouTube. You can set up to get notifications, to find out every time Dog Nation is going live, whether it be for good news like today when maybe five-star safety Malachi Starks makes his UGA commitment or bad news like yesterday when we were forced to go live to talk about the George Pickens commitment. Either way, you get a great chance to follow all of the uh, UGA news by becoming a Dog Nation YouTube subscriber. All the press conferences, all the Dog Nation shows – Great way to get all of that is right there on the Dog Nation YouTube page. So many of you have signed up to be a subscriber to get all the great content from Dog Nation there on YouTube, and we certainly appreciate you doing that. The best of Dog Nation is right there on YouTube. Make sure you become a Dog Nation YouTube subscriber, subscriber today. All right, before we're done, a very interesting look at the other side of the ball for Georgia and a name that's out there on the transfer portal market right now. 
that certainly could seem to have a little bit of a tie to UGA for more reasons than one. We will tell you all about that before we're done. But for now, on the George Pickens injury, where the dogs go from here, and the receivers that could be waiting the wings to really step up with big seasons, let's get ready to do all of that right now with Terrence Edwards here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Meriwether and Tharp. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. I'll say hello to Terrence Edwards here. Great former Georgia wide receiver, terrific voice analyst talking about everything going on with this program. And, you know, Terrence, this is obviously not one of those good days, right? And I know that you were as devastated to hear the news about George Pickens as anyone was. I'm a huge fan of Pickens. I love watching him play. College football is entertainment, and Pickens is just really entertaining. He's just fun to watch him go out there and do his thing, and at least for now, George Pickens will not be available to UGA. What's your reaction to all of that, and just kind of the first thing that kind of popped in your mind once you heard about the Pickens news? I was just shocked uh, after reading what happened, you know, a non-contact drill again, uh, gets the kid in the UGA program with a, with a torn ACL and, um, just devastated for that kid. I think, you know, I, I, Brent, you know, once I, we talked about him a few years ago, I thought and still think he, he was a three and done type of athlete and just devastating that, you know, this may be his last, uh, time playing in a Georgia uniform because he's, he's that talented, but I know the kid, uh, going to miss playing with his brothers on Saturday, and it, it's going to be – I just hope he have good people in his corner um, throughout this whole process, throughout the season, that he can lean on when times get dark. Yeah, I want to ask you about that part of it because obviously with your own brother you saw this with – you know, in in his injury situation, by my understanding, was much more you know severe in terms of all the different ligaments that were torn in your brother Robert. Uh, you know, you know, back after his rookie season in the NFL, but you certainly saw him go through what he went through, and I think that you would certainly understand just how important that support system is around you on that, because I would imagine, you know, you describe it as dark times. I would imagine there is a lot of negativity that creeps in your brain because, I mean, listen, as excited as I was about seeing George Pickens play this fall, it only pales in comparison for how George himself was to go out and do some of the things that I think he knew he had a chance to do, kind of live up to some of the the predictions that you had made for him over the years and other people had made for him over the years. And to have that at least called into question, if not outright taken away, keeping that negativity from getting inside your head, that is not an easy thing to do, is it? No, it's not. I mean, I just spoke with George recently. I FaceTimed Jermaine Burton. They was together, and I just told both of them, you know, I was kind of loading in the in the club by myself, and I expect, you know, one of those two to join me in the club this year. He was all excited about, yes, sir, I'm going to come join you in the Thousand Yard Club this year. And you just saw the excitement from both of those guys of the, the opportunities that they would have this year with the second-year JT Daniels, second-year offensive coordinator, and the talent that we have on the offensive side, those guys was really excited about this upcoming season. So let me do a couple things with you here for a moment. First of all, you mentioned the nature of the injury, a non-contact injury. That's what we've been told that it was. And listen, I'm a big believer, Terrence, that there's just nothing you can do about that. To me, it's just bad luck. But for a lot of fans, they're kind of wondering, you know, is there some way to prevent these kinds of things from happening because obviously Georgia's had a lot of receivers who are you know dealing with this and anytime you have you know multiple injuries you're kind of left to wonder well what does this mean as I said before Terrence to me sometimes it just means you're just kind of a victim of bad luck here you know as a player that played this position yourself you know what would you say to the fans who are wondering 
what you can do to prevent these kind of things from happening? Uh, it's, it's like you said, it's bad luck. Nothing you could do. Uh, only thing you could do is not practice, and it's one thing that's not going to happen. That right. everyone's going to go out there and practice, and everyone's going to go out there and practice hard and full speed. That's the Georgia way. That's what Kirby expects. So this is just bad luck, bad timing that it's happening. Um, it's unfortunate, but you know there's nothing we can really do about it. On another show that I do yesterday, I had Jason Swain, the former Tennessee receiver, and I played this audio on this program a moment ago. He made the comparison between Pickens and Amari Rogers, the former Clemson receiver who, you know, tore his ACL on March 25th and was able to play for Clemson in the second game of that year. That's kind of a superhuman accelerated pace for an ACL injury. I won't ask you to pretend to be a doctor. I'm certainly not going to pretend to be one in comparing the nature of those injuries. But, I mean, how much in your mind would you leave the door open that, hey, maybe some miracle does occur and maybe he is back running again before the summer is done and if not early in the season the way it was with Amari Rogers, you know, playing again at some point before the year is done – you know, I, I, I want to be careful how we you know, talk too much about this because we don't know what MRIs and x-rays and things like that, but is there at least a part of you in your mind that at least keeps the door open to, hey, maybe some miracle really does take place here? Uh, that's wishful thinking. I think there's only one other person that can come to mind that came back that fast and still was very productive. That's Adrian Peterson. Yeah. Uh, I think he came back in three months and Still came back to be the AP that we know. Normally, these injuries takes a full year for you to get back to the player that you want to be because mentally uh, and physically, it, it, it's taxing. So, uh, you know, hopefully and wishful thinking, I wish he would get back successfully because he's that type of player that can help us win games. But then on the other hand, you know, the player in me uh, just wants, because all our dreams are to play professional football and his uh, talent leads him that he would be a early round pick, and I know Georgia fans don't want to hear this because they all about Georgia. But sometimes, you know, you know that that kid has an opportunity to fulfill a, a lifelong dream of playing in the NFL, taking care of his family. So uh, those are two things that he's going to have to wrestle with. If if he's able to come back, do I want to come back this early, uh, or do I want to just go ahead and start preparing for the draft? I know that's you know something he's going to have to take out. But successfully, I would love to see him come back and, and suit up again, not let this be his last memory as a Georgia Bulldog. Yeah, I think you're bringing up a really good point, that, and you're right. Selfishly, I, I'd love to see Pickens playing again for Georgia, but he does have to make that decision of, hey, coming back at a kind of an accelerated pace, does that – you know, put my future in jeopardy because I, I believe that George Pickens will be playing football for a long time beyond 2021, and he certainly seems he, he certainly needs to think about that, and that needs to be a part of his thought process. Uh, I think Georgia fans would agree with you on that. On the other side of this, you know, Georgia is deeper at receiver than it has been at any point in time under Kirby Smart, and really, it's been a number of years since there's been as many talented receivers as Georgia seems to have right now. You mentioned some of these by name a moment ago, and I want to, want to kind of run through some of these with you there for a moment. As far as joining you, and I love the way you say that, in the 1,000-yard club, right now, Terrence, it's kind of a lonely club, right? You'd like to have somebody sitting in that room with you as of right now. You're the only one in there. So, I mean, you got a chance to see, and you mentioned Jermaine Burton a moment ago. You know, Burton had nearly 200 yards receiving against Mississippi State a, uh, you know, last season, and even without George Pickett, now and even if Pickens had been playing this had a chance to be a big year for Burton a guy that you know really well and you know certainly someone who could put up big numbers in Pickens absence I don't think you have to much you, you, I don't think you have to look much past Jermaine Burton on something like that do you no I think you know Jermaine and the rest of the, the crew has to step up and I was talking to someone 
yesterday that you know you don't have to be George Pickens. You just got to be the best version of yourself. And uh, when opportunity presents itself for you, you have to take advantage of them. Yes, George Pickens. I think, as I've been saying for three years now, two years, that he's a number one guy. I think Jermaine Burton's a number one guy. But now, Kiaris Jackson. I think D-Rob has to step up. I think Aaron Smith has to step up. Justin Robson is going to get his shot. Now, you know, this is why you recruit these top guys, because once a guy goes down, another one has to step up. That's just the nature of football, the next man up. And you have to take that slack up. And, you know, are those guys George Pickens? You don't have to be. You just have to be yourself and make the plays when it comes to you. Yeah, and you, I want to ask you about uh, Justin Robinson as well because that was a guy that you've actually been active talking about on social media this week. And Robinson is that second year in the program looking to make a name for himself. And prior to us even knowing about the Pickens injury, you were already kind of discussing some high expectations that you have for Robinson. This is a guy that you know really well. Would you mind kind of filling us in a little bit more on kind of what you've been hearing about Robinson and what he may have a chance to do now in his second year in the program? I just think he's developed that one year. I think he really needed this first year to develop as a receiver. Uh, no not coming from the Elka program, but there was a run-based program that has won a lot of the state championships. So with him training with me now, he has a full-time coach and uh, Coach Hankton that's really developed his skill set. And I spoke with him last night, and, I mean, he, he has God-given ability. At 6'4", 218, uh, he's probably the biggest receiver in that room. And now it's time for him to show – what he can do. I mean, the buzz that I've been hearing, that he's really been having a good spring, um, and I can't wait to see him perform on G-Day. How much more of a spotlight is there on a guy like Arian Smith now because he is the fastest receiver in that room? And listen, you have you know different skill sets for different guys, but Smith is what we think of as kind of the speedster there. And I think expectations were already pretty high for him this season because we saw him healthy near the end of last year, another one of these injured Georgia receivers. But how much more attention do you think Smith gets now because he does have that ability to kind of blow the tops off defenses? Yes, I think so. I think it's his time to sound. I think he's another guy that needed a year uh, to develop. Coming from the offense that he came from as a junior down in Florida, then he transferred to the, the great program Lakeland, I think, as a senior. And But he was a kind of a A-back in that Georgia Tech offense as a junior. So he wasn't really a full-time receiver until his senior year. So he really needs to develop and understand that position. I think Coach Hankton have done a great job in developing his skill set. And his skill set is he can t- take the top off defenses. So we have a, a multitude of players that are very different in that in that locker room, in that position. And all, those, all their skill set is going to have to take the slack up for what we're going to be missing in George Pickens. And the, t- the room is talented. So I just can't wait to see those guys bring what they, what their talent is to the field and uh, hopefully replace some of the production that George Pickens is going to leave. So let me finish with this. You know, a lot of Georgia fans are also now kind of wondering, well, you know, Georgia potentially has a couple roster spots available. We're going to talk about a defensive back later on that Georgia might have some interest in, but there's also some curiosity of does Georgia need to go out and get another veteran receiver to go along with these rising star young guys that we just talked about there a moment ago. From your perspective, how much of a veteran presence is needed for this Georgia receiver room to kind of make up for the experience that George Pickens had, and how willing would you be to see Georgia just kind of go into battle with the young receivers that it has and simply just trust them to fill a larger role now? If there's not a, a player out there with George Pickett's talent, 
uh, then I said, let's just go with the guys that we have. You recruited these guys for a reason. And I don't think you need to add a veteran presence. You have Kiara Jackson, you have uh, Demetrius Robson, who now I think is sixth year in college football, and those guys are leaders now. Jermaine Burton has a year up on his back. When Dominique Blaylock come back, he's played a lot of football, even though it's that one year. So this room has, has, has leaders, and leaders doesn't have to come with experience. Um, leaders can come in all shapes, fashions. These guys understand what's in front of them. They understand, you know, with the loss of probably the most talented guy in the room, I think they all understand that they have to pick up their game. And speaking of Justin yesterday, he's just like, Coach, I'm just going to put my head down and continue doing what I'm doing. This doesn't phase me at all. You know, this is not going to thrust me as a person that's going to start at the X position. That's the weak side receiver. He's been number two behind George. He's just going to continue just doing what he's been doing. Um, showing the coaches that he can be trusted, and that's the biggest word, trust. Because uh, JT trusts George Pickens when the ball is in the air. Now what Justin has to do is get that trust from the coaches and JT Daniels. I think that's really well said. And, by the way, speaking of these great George receivers, future stars like Justin Robinson and Jermaine Burton, these are guys that Terrence Edwards has worked with hands-on for years, and he's doing the same thing for that next generation of pass catcher out there as well. Terrence, for those you know parents who have – you know, sons that want to catch the football better. How can they get in touch with what you're doing with your wide receiver academy? So, B, I have to tell you this story. So, I got in trouble yesterday. Uh-oh. My older brother, Robert Edwards, after we got done training yesterday, say, Terrence, I heard you always give yourself shout-outs on Dog Nation about your training program. Why you never gave a shout-out to my training program? So, wow. today, I want to give a shout-out to my brother, Robert Edwards. So, there's any <laughs> running, running backs or linebackers out there that's looking to get trained by a former first-round pick, a former running back for the Georgia Bulldogs, you can find Robert Edwards on Twitter, uh, Instagram, or Facebook at RE Focus, or just type in Robert Edwards, and you can find his training program as well along with mine that's terrence Edwards right receiver academy on all social media i gotta tell you something terrence that's a pretty good brother right there who has a platform to promote his own business and says let me give a shout out to my brother instead now first of all we love robert we've talked football with him on this show before and uh robert clearly has a love for the game and that next generation of uh running backs and all kinds of positions he's been a huge part of the high school community here in our state for a long time but that's a pretty good brother that says listen let me give a shout out to my own brother and the work that he's doing there as well and we love the edwards family still being a big part of the football scene here in the state of georgia that's a cool thing to see uh thanks hopefully he sees this and someone will let him know that i get i did give him a shout out today on dog nation that's good to know terrence it's uh, good to talk to you you mentioned g-day a moment ago i know you and i'll be doing a lot as we get ready for uh, that coming up on april 17th so can't wait to have happier discussions with you in the uh, weeks to come but we certainly appreciate you allowing us to kind of break down what was a, a pretty rough news day for dog fans yesterday thanks for making us feel better about it oh thank you thanks for having me let's take a look around the rest of the league this is sec through yeah man we're lucky you know uh I love having someone like Terrence who obviously knows so many of these receivers in contact with George Pickens, as he said, you know, in communication regularly with Jermaine Burton and Justin Robinson, hearing from these guys how things are going and, you know, able to kind of give that encouraging word a little bit too. You know, um, there's sometimes there's something to be said for that kind of mentor figure, you know, sometimes a different voice than the parents, you know, just kind of jump in there and say, hey, you know, go in there and, you know, give it, give it your all here. Make sure you're ready to go and all that. And Terrence is a good, good, good ally 
for these young men when it comes to all that kind of stuff. And as he said, his brother Robert is there too. We love having you know Robert on the show. We've had him here before. You know, great former Georgia running back, guy who knows the position really well. Pretty tight with Kirby Smart there too. So that is all really good stuff all the way around there. We appreciate Terrence Edwards being with us here today on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Mary Weather and Tharp. Let me also give a quick shout-out to my friends at Engineered Solutions of Georgia for a moment. Speaking of good friends of UGA, ESOG is certainly that. They are proud partners of UGA. So I always like doing business with companies that support Georgia football and the University of Georgia because it just makes you sort of feel like you're contributing to a good cause, and that is what Engineered Solutions of Georgia does, and so it's one of the reasons why I like recommending them. But the other reason why I love recommending ESOG is because I understand, as a homeowner, the kind of anxiety that can pop up when you're talking about cracked walls or water creeping into your basement, garage, cross basement, something like that. These are potentially signs of serious issues. And so do what so many people have done. Trust Engineered Solutions of Georgia. They have two full-time engineers on staff, and they are easy to contact. You just simply call 678-ESOG-NOW. That's right. Dial this number, 678-ESOG-NOW, and that will get you in touch with my friends at Engineered Solutions of Georgia. All right, let's run through our SEC through here for a moment. And then there's potentially fairly interesting news out there related to a transfer. And yes, I know we're kind of like the boy that cried wolf when it comes to transfers because it seems like every one of these we talked about, especially on the defensive backside, has ended up not really, at least to this point, materializing for Georgia. But maybe this may be an instance where there actually is some some fire to go along with the smoke, or as they said when I was growing up, some far to go along with the smoke here related to one recruit, or I should say former player, in the transfer portal. So we'll do that here coming up in just a moment. Before that, though, a couple of SEC through stories. We talked yesterday about Jay Graham, the new Alabama tight ends and special teams coach who had moved on from the Alabama program, surprisingly, because you don't typically see coaches just hired do this during spring practice. The initial wonderment around all of this was, is this related to Graham's previous employer, Tennessee, where some coaches were fired with cause because of the specter of NCAA investigations? Uh, Graham himself had a show cause penalty going back to his time at Texas A&M, so he's been involved in NCAA stuff before. But the man that initially reported this, Aaron Suttles from The Athletic, was quick yesterday to say that he did not believe that the Graham news was related to his time in Tennessee. And now that appears to be confirmed based on a message himself from Jay Graham, who said he appreciated Saban giving him the uh, you know support during what he calls a difficult time. And he goes on to reference mental health issues that uh, he, he doesn't get very specific about what exactly is going on there, only to say that I'm taking time away from football to seek professional help immediately and gain a better understanding of mental health and spend time with a loved one. So... Obviously, this goes beyond football. We certainly wish Coach Coach Graham certainly comfort and peace during what he describes as a difficult time for him. And I've known enough coaches, been around enough coaches to know that that's obviously a very intense business to be a part of. And listen, you know, it's the kind of thing that I'm sure if you are dealing with any kind of issues internally, the challenges and the stress and pressure of being a coach brings a lot of that to the forefront even more. And I'm sure a lot of coaches – you know, maybe really look at Graham having the guts and courage to say, hey, I got to take time out and I got to do something to, to, to deal with some issues that I'm dealing with. Honestly, I think that's a really courageous step because obviously it'd be very tempting to try to keep them on the back burner and enjoy what is a big time job to be a staffer with Nick Saban, Alabama right now. That's a big opportunity. But I, I think that Graham ought to be commended 
for taking a bold, courageous step to say, listen, my life right now as it is needs a little bit of fixing, so I'm going to call timeout and be able to do that. So I think that Jay Graham, in addition to getting your prayers, ought to get some some praise for the way that he's chosen to do that. Speaking of earning some praise on a very different kind of level, J.C. Horn, the former South Carolina defensive back, has gotten some praise after the Gamecocks Pro Day where it certainly looks like Horn has worked his way up in this draft conversation in a mighty way. Folks very impressed with him. And what this kind of reminds me of is, you know, Will Muschamp is a Georgia staffer now, as you know. And a lot of folks, you look at what he did at South Carolina. He never had the success, never won the kind of games that obviously Gamecocks fans wanted him to, and Muschamp himself probably wanted to. But there were some real recruiting wins there, right? I mean, think about Rick Sanders along the defensive line, Jordan Burge along the defensive line, Zach Pickens along the defensive line, J.C. Horn, a former Tennessee commit that ends up signing with South Carolina. You know, there weren't enough of them to build a winner in the SEC, but there were a few really high-profile ones. And so, obviously, Horn now has a chance. He's the you know the son of Joe Horn, former NFL wide receiver. Horn has a chance to go on and make some money for himself. But don't discount the role that Muschamp and his staff played in these kind of recruiting wins, and that is probably a valuable asset that Georgia now has at its disposal there as well. So, J.C. Horn, an example of a recruiting win that Muschamp got at South Carolina, and now Muschamp gets a chance in kind of the analyst role to contribute at least a little bit to some of Georgia's uh, recruiting recruiting apparatus. I think that's probably a pretty good thing. And then finally, there's this. This evening on the Dog Nation video channels, live coverage of five-star athlete Malachi Starks, a safety at the college level as he gets ready to make his college announcement. As Starks told our Jeff Sintel during an interview last weekend that he was going to maintain this March 25th commitment date because he wanted to honor his father and his birthday. Well, we've reached March 25th, and it is Mr. Stark's birthday. I saw this on Twitter a little earlier today. Uh, let's give a shout-out here there as well to uh, Mr. Starks on the event of his birthday. Do we have that to show? Okay, we don't have that one to show. Um, but nonetheless, uh, happy birthday to uh, Malachi Stark's father. Yeah, let's take a look at this. Uh, Tisha Sharks, uh, sharing, Stark sharing this on Twitter. Happy birthday, she says, to one of the best husbands and fathers I know. Uh, Larry Stark's here on his birthday. We appreciate, love you beyond words. And in addition to this being a great day, uh, potentially uh, for Georgia, if it can get Malachi Starks. We do truly wish uh, Mr. Starks there a happy birthday there as well. And it's kind of nice to see that on social media today. We'll make that your SEC through. And here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Meriwether and Tharp, speaking of social media for a moment, boy, wasn't it interesting to see the news here over the last 24 hours or so related to Tyke Smith, the former West Virginia defensive back, who has put it out on social media that he is leaving the West Virginia program. Of course, Smith, a former player there with Jamal Adai, they're at West Virginia. Smith saying, thank you, West Virginia, to be continued. And he goes on to give you a very classy thank you to his old program there with the Mountaineers. Now, you may be asking, B.A., why is this interesting? This is interesting because the tweet that I just showed you on the screen was retweeted by Lewis Seen, responded to by Zamir White, Georgia players involved in that social media message. Now, why would those players such as Seen and, and White, why would they be interacting with the player unless they thought there was a chance that guy might be looking to reconnect with his former 
position coach there at West Virginia, Jamal Adai, here at a place like George. There's at least something to this it seems worth paying attention to. Now, I'm not going to pretend that I knew a lot about Tyke Smith before all of this buzz started going down, but it doesn't take much of a Google search to find out this is potentially a very interesting player. Let me read to you just a couple of sentences here from Pro Football Focus on their evaluation of Smith going back to last season. They call him one of the best slot defenders in college football, serving as the, quote, spear in the West Virginia defense. Among, listen to this, this is amazing. Among all FBS defensive backs with at least 100 snaps in the slot, Smith comes in at number one in coverage grade. Smith saw at least three targets in all nine of his starts for West Virginia last season, yet he managed to allow under 30 yards in every single one of his games this past year. That was from Pro Football Focus. He was a third-team AP All-American last year, a second-team football riders All-American, and a semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award as the nation's best defensive back. Y'all, this is a defensive back with legit credentials, sterling credentials. Thorpe Award semifinalist, All-American by multiple publications, praised in a big way by pro football focus, seemingly a really good fit for Georgia in kind of a star role, nickelback star role, something very similar to maybe what Mark Webb did for the Dogs a year ago, and who knows, maybe a chance to adapt him and get him involved in other ways there as well. So we've talked about, you know, former Clemson guy, another former West Virginia guy. We've done this with, like, transfer defensive backs a lot. But in terms of the social media chatter you're seeing around Smith from some Georgia players right now, and in terms of his actual credentials as a player – This one may be worth watching. I'm certainly not ready to predict where he lands because it seems like maybe Penn State's a factor in this recruitment there too. But boy, maybe a player worth going after here and and maybe a little bit of an advantage for Georgia given the fact that Jamal Adai is in place as the Georgia defensive backs coach. So let's follow this one and see where it goes. And as we get ready to wrap up here today, we like to do our Gator Hater roll call and we like to award a golden shoe for folks who really display some fantastic Gator-hating credentials. And today, somewhat unprecedented, our golden shoe goes to one of our colleagues. You hear me talk about uh, loving being on the radio there in Athens with my friends in Athens Sports Radio 960 The Ref. The terrific morning show host there, one of them anyway, is Dave Johnston. And he had a great tweet yesterday. We've got the uh, match play event going on the PGA Tour this week. A big win in that for uh, Kevin Kisner against Louis Oosthuizen. And uh, Dave brings a really good point that you see Kisner giving the handshake to Oosthuizen. And Oosthuizen decked out in orange and blue, as you see it there. What David puts on Twitter is, I know he's not from the U.S., but Louis should have been warned that things would not end well against Kevin Kisner if he dressed in orange and blue. That's really funny from David Johnston. You were the golden shoe winner today. How about... Gator Hater Countdown, 218 days from right now? Uh, Yeah, 19 days, 219 days from right now. Georgia goes back to Jacksonville, gets some revenge against those lousy, stinking Gators. We will see you tomorrow, Dog Nation Daily, presented by my good friends at Merriweather and Thart. We'll talk to you then, everybody. And on the podcast, time now for the R.S. Andrews Podcast Cooldown. My chance to hear from those of you who don't get a chance to watch live but you listen to the podcast later on and i'm really thankful that so many of you are choosing to interact with me whether reaching out to me on twitter at dog nation daily or dropping a line in our comment section when we post the show to the world famous dog just thanks so much for being a part of this and appreciate you sticking around after the show to have all of this going on for you a couple of comments i want to read here today first let me remind you rs andrews air conditioning heating 
plumbing, and electric. They show up on time. They do the work that's promised for the price that's promised. It's one of the reasons why they are great, great recommendation for us here. So as you get ready to head towards the spring, air conditioning, I turned mine on yesterday. I thought it was kind of warm in my house. And when you turn yours on, if you're worried that your system is not going to be ready to go for the warm weather season that's about to really kind of dominate us over the next few months, well, get that peace of mind you need by getting your system tuned back up to factory fresh specs. Find them online at rsandrews.com. All right, a couple of things I want to read here for a moment. Let me go to the con uh, comment section, dognation.com, on this. First of all, Forestry Dog shares this. He says, B.A., you got to talk about the Vols wearing bras. And he shows a picture of this, both from uh, Lynn Neff W 4 on Twitter and actually the Tennessee account there as well. And it really does. The, I know this is not a visual medium here, but this really does look like a bra. And like it's like a, the guy's like wearing like sports bra type stuff. And the Tennessee account, I'm assuming this is a real tweet, says it's the most high-tech bra you've ever seen. Not like bra like your brother, your bra, like true brazier, bra type thing. And I guess it's got like a GPS readout or something like that in there that measures, you know, the high-speed distance, your total distance run, your max velocity, the, the player load, all that kind of stuff. I don't know, man. Is that gps data so valuable that you're going to come out on the practice field looking like that that is a weird look that is a weird thing i, I gotta say that, that is a very strange thing i can imagine the players feel too good about that and to have the tennessee official account assuming this is an accurate real tweet to acknowledge that all the way around that's a pretty strange thing all the way around that is a pretty strange thing uh venom ga uh, says going back to our topic from yesterday's show was there ever a doubt that Daniels wasn't our starting quarterback? And so I knew that would kind of come up related to the topic yesterday, and that's the reason why I tried to open the show the way that I did, by taking you through all the years in which Smart, even in years in which it seemingly was obvious who the starting quarterback was going to be, stopped short of saying, yes, this guy's our quarterback, this is the guy that we're going with, instead kind of choosing to pivot more towards the, hey, we've got competition in every position, and we'll see who goes out there and competes the best. And I think there's value when you do have an obvious starter, naming him as so, treating him as so. That's something that Smart hasn't always done. As I said during yesterday's show, Venom, the fact that Smart is doing that with JT Daniels, I think is a step in the right direction. Maybe it speaks to the way in which Daniels is earning that job, but it also speaks to the way in which Smart is kind of pointing to Daniels, maybe within the even within the confines of the program, because as Terrence Edwards, who was with us on today's show, has said in previous shows that when your quarterback has that mantle of leadership, it has the potential of being valuable for a team in a way that almost no other position can provide from a leadership standpoint. So the fact that Smart is saying the things that he has said this week I think is a really good thing. And even if we all know Daniels is going to be the starting quarterback, there are a lot of things that we all know that Smart sometimes is hesitant to acknowledge, including starting quarterbacks in previous seasons. But this year a little bit different kind of tact, and I think that difference could be good for UGA. I appreciate you weighing in on that. Jermaine King brings up Channing Tindall in our uh, hitting me up on Twitter at Dog Nation Daily. Tindall spoke to reporters of the day, and of course you can see that interview on the Dog Nation YouTube page, and it kind of reminds me, uh, Nick Saban, the Alabama coach, had some great lines this week talking about Brian Robinson, the former you know, big-time recruit coming back to Alabama for his fifth year, and you know, the phrase that jumped out at me that Saban used was that Robinson has not played very much, even though he was a former pretty big-time recruit. And what Saban said is, you know, he hasn't played through any, no fault of his own. In other words, he's had Najee Harris ahead of him, and before that you have all these other guys ahead of you. And, you know, Saban says it's not 
Robinson's fault necessarily that he hasn't been playing. And I think the case of Channing Tindall, who in 2018 had some flashes. I think he had, what, two and a half sacks in 2018, didn't he? And, you know, various moments has kind of done some big things. The fact that he hasn't played more, I think, speaks more to not what Tindall isn't, but what Monty Rice has been and what Nicobe Dean has been, who came in after Channing Tindall, obviously. And I do think that Tindall, very good interview, you know, big-time recruiting win for Georgia out of Columbia, South Carolina. I think it's one of those guys that you're glad to still have in the program, that depth that gets a chance to rise its way up here this season. I think that that that's one of those things you'll be glad to have when it comes to someone like Channing Tendall. So good stuff from Jermaine King there on Twitter. And that's what we do. Your comments on Twitter, your comments in our comment section there at dognation.com. We'll read those as part of our podcast cool down. We try not to keep it too long, but we want to have some fun with you. And we got even more surprises to come in the weeks ahead for our podcast cool down that we'll tell you about there at that time. For those of you that tuned in yesterday for SEC Country Live, I certainly appreciate that. On the SEC Country video pages, Facebook and SEC Country Live on YouTube, certainly appreciate you doing that. Thanks for being here as part of our podcast. Cool down there as well. Y'all check out R.S. Andrews online at rsandrews.com. Air conditioning, heating, plumbing, electric needs. The R.S. stands for rapid service. Story after story, they've delivered smiles. They can deliver a smile for you. See you back here tomorrow. Dog Nation Daily, presented by Meriwether and Tharp. We'll look forward to talking to you then, everybody.